Welcome, everybody. Pewaukee, thanks for joining us this morning. And if you're online, really glad that you can be part of our service today. In case we haven't met, I'm John. I'm one of the pastors here at River Glen. And today we're going to wrap up our series called Mountain Moving Prayer. And we began this series with the reality that we all have mountains in our lives, and we can move those mountains if we have just a small amount of faith. And, and many of us, in the first week, we wrote just a word, or we wrote our prayers, and we pinned them on the walls off to the side here. And, and Pewaukee, you've got that same, line, same wall. Online, you, you emailed us, and you said, hey, can you pin my prayer on the walls? And then Ben challenged us. He challenged us to pray for these mountains for 21 days. As a staff, we got together collectively and we went up to these mountains and we literally pulled your prayers off and we held them in our hands and we prayed specifically for each of those requests. We, we have a new study that started a few weeks ago. It's called Rooted. And part of the Rooted study is there's a prayer experience. We have over 250 people going through that experience and they have prayed for these mountains. My group on Friday night, we were up in Pewaukee and we took your requests off the walls. We held them in our hands and we prayed for God to move those mountains. So just a quick show of hands. In the last two weeks, who has gotten to answer your prayer or who has seen your mountain start to move a little bit? Yeah, right? That's excellent. That's excellent. But, but for some of us, maybe your mountain hasn't started to move yet and you're wondering why your mountain isn't moving yet. You're wondering how your mountain is going to move. You're wondering when your mountain is going to move. And you're discovering that sometimes mountains are slow to move. In the first week, Ben asked a question that it really hit home for me and it really resonated. And the question he asked was, do you spend more time worrying about your mountain than you do praying for it? Anybody else kind of think about that, wrestle with that question over the last couple of weeks? Do you spend more time in worry than you do in prayer? And that's the reason we're in this series. It's to open us up to the idea of the power of prayer in our life. Here's, here's the verse that's been foundational for this series. It's Matthew 17. I will tell you the truth. If you have faith as small as a mustard seed, you can say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it will move. See, Jesus picked the mustard seed as an illustration because it's one of the smallest seeds. See this mustard seed I have in my fingertips here? No, because I don't have one. But, <laughs> but that's the point that Jesus is trying to illustrate. He's saying if you have this tiny amount of faith, if we have just faith the size of a mustard seed, we can move mountains through our prayers. And last week... Ben, ben talked and, and taught on how we can, we learn to hear from God. And so today we're going to talk about prayer further, but we're going to look at a very specific kind of prayer, one we haven't really talked a lot about, and it's healing prayer. Can we pray for healing? And if we do pray for healing, are people healed? And so the question is, does God still heal today? Well, to answer that, I want to begin in Matthew. Jesus has just been baptized. This is the beginning of his ministry. And Matthew writes, Jesus went throughout Galilee, teaching in their synagogues, proclaiming the good news of the kingdom, and healing every disease and sickness among the people. So we know historically that Jesus' earthly ministry, healing was a large part of it, that healing drawed 
They brought people to Jesus. Jesus had this amazing teaching, and they came for that, but they also came to be healed. In the New Testament, there's 37 examples of Jesus healing. And John ends his gospel, and he says, if we wrote everything that Jesus did, there would not be enough books in all of the world to contain what he did. So we know, based on that, that what Jesus did, he did so much more than we even know about. And, and, and the deaf heard, and the blind saw, and the lame got up and walked. Lepers were healed from infectious diseases, and Jesus brought people back to life that were dead. Jesus is a healer, but does God still heal today? And healing prayer, maybe you're a little uncomfortable with this idea. You're thinking about, oh boy, where are they going today? Because this might be a strange or a weird topic for you. It might be a topic you're not familiar with, or when you heal about healing, when you hear about healing prayer, you think it's like this clip from an 80s Steve Martin movie called Leap of Faith. Let's take a look. Relax, cherry hat, section four, row F. Yes, sir. In the brown jacket, I feel a burden you're carrying. Who? Who, me? Yes, sir. Now stand up and tell me if I'm hearing the Lord right. You're having a problem with your neighbor, am I right? I sure am. Building a fence, gonna harm your kids, right? Yes, sir. Well, the Lord tells me Amazing. the best thing an enemy is you make them your friend. You talk to them and serve them up your best fried chicken. Because yours is the best in the county, ain't it, ma'am? You know it is. Well, boy, I'd love to give me some of that. Now, come on up and thank the Lord for his saving. Section 5, row A is the glitter jeans. Remember glitter jeans? Sister, you're suffering deeply. You're worried about your little girl, aren't you? Yes, Reverend. Stand up, darling. The Lord tells me that a strike unto any of his children is like a strike unto him. Lord, I hear you. Please forgive me. Well, Jesus forgives you. Now say hallelujah. Section three, first row. The white shirt, back problem. And you, sir, believe in the Lord and cure your backaches. You, sir, in the front row, come up here and be healed. I'm kidding, but wow, wow, right? When it comes to healing prayer, we think it happened back in Jesus' day, and we think it doesn't happen anymore today, or it's like a con man in a circus tent right before they take up an offering. But Jesus tells us, he says, if you have faith the size of a mustard seed, you can move mountains. So here's the truth that we're going to look at today. God still heals today, but he doesn't heal all the time. God still heals today, but he doesn't heal all the time. And it's probably safe to say that most of us, we've probably played, prayed for healing in, in some time in our life. We've play, prayed for physical healing, rela- relational healing, or emotional healing. We've prayed for that for ourselves. We've prayed for that for others. We've asked God to move these mountains. And as a pastor, it's been my privilege to pray with all sorts of different people in all sorts of different situations, facing all kinds of different mountains. And I just want to share a couple of those stories with you today. And the people involved, they've given me permission to tell these stories. But about four years ago, on a Saturday afternoon, I got a phone call from Kelly Jorgensen. Now, Kelly and her family, they have attended River Glen back when we were meeting at Waukesha West High School. And they had a family friend, and a family friend got the flu, And guys, you know, we don't go to the doctor, so he didn't go to the doctor right away. We think we can tough it out. So what happened, not only did he have the flu, but he also had strep. 
And he started feeling worse and worse and worse. And he was telling his wife, and, and Kelly sometimes thinks I'm overreacting. I'm not as sick as I pretend to be. And his wife was kind of thinking maybe he wasn't that sick either. And so it was kind of this weird combination of him trying to trough it through and his wife not identifying and realizing how serious the situation was. By the time he went to the hospital, he was in really bad shape. They took him to um, the intensive care unit right away. He couldn't breathe on his own. They put him on a respirator, and he was in toxic shock. And, And the reality was his organs were shutting down, and he was dying. And they told the family, they said, if there's anybody that you want to come in and to say their final goodbyes, now is the time to call and get them in here because we don't know how much longer he has. And they had a son away at college, and they had the son come home from college to say goodbye, to say his final goodbye to his father. And so that afternoon, I found myself in an intensive care unit with people I didn't know. I hadn't met them before. They didn't have a church home. I didn't know where they stood faith-wise. But in this moment, They were open to any hope at all. And so I prayed with them, and I prayed for them. And I can't tell you exactly what I prayed, but it would have been something like this. I would have said, Jesus, thank you for loving him. In this moment, God, surround us with your peace and your presence. Comfort us in this time of fear. Lord, I ask for physical healing. Heal him, Jesus. Bring him back to his family. God, make him healthy. And I ask all of this in the name of Jesus. And now what happened next, it wasn't anything that I did, but here was a man on his deathbed, and we prayed for healing. And over the next several days, he started to get better. The color came back to his face. He came out of the coma, and he got a little bit stronger each day. And then after a little bit of time, he walked out of that hospital. See, God still heals today, but he doesn't heal all the time. 12 years ago, my father was diagnosed with lung cancer, and they saw a mass on his lung, and so they were going to perform surgery. And so I started praying. I prayed that when the surgeons opened my father up, that they would see two perfectly healthy lungs, that they would be strong, that they would be pumping air and oxygen throughout his body. And when they opened him up, they found a mass, and so they removed it. And so I continued to pray. I prayed for my father to be healed by the miracle of modern science. I prayed for the radiation. I prayed, prayed, prayed for the chemo he was going through. He was on the prayer list at River Glen. Many of you guys prayed for my dad. And we prayed for him to be healed. And then his cancer spread. And after two years of fighting, he was gone. If God heals today, why didn't he heal my dad You ever ask a question like that? It's not easy to pray for healing and to watch a loved one slip away, especially when you know in your heart of hearts you know that God can heal, you know he does heal, and yet you watch your parents or a sibling or you watch a child or your spouse, you watch them slip away and you say, God, you could have and God, you should have, but he didn't. And then we ask that question, why God? See, God still heals today, but he doesn't heal all the time. We asked Victoria Dreckman, she's one of our online hosts, and she's also on our prayer team. We asked her to come in and talk about her experiences with healing prayer. And so we, we put together a video. Would you take a look at the screens? I'm Victoria Dreckman, and my family and I moved here from St. Louis just about two years ago. Uh, we go to the River Glen Waukesha campus. 
So back when we had first moved to Milwaukee area two years ago, we had not even been here three months. We had been searching for a church. We had been coming to River Glen. My son, Jack, on the other hand, had developed some sort of um, bladder problem that resulted in him being hospitalized. And he um, uh, ended up having to have a surgery. Prior to this, they told us the kind of surgery it would require. So I called up to River Glen and I uh, spoke to John Howard. I just said, listen, I'm believing for healing for my son. And he said, absolutely. So the day of my son's surgery, we all stood inside his um, prep room before surgery. We all prayed and you know, the, the surgery was a huge success. And they said, he's done, although we found something and we need to do another surgery. They started saying words like a mass. They found a mass on his bladder. As a parent, you're going, oh, that's like the worst thing you want. You could hear is, is to know that maybe your child has cancer or a tumor. But at the same time, I was also not going to give in to that fear. I knew I had to press it in prayer on my own and then with other people. And that corporate prayer of everybody praying together was huge. God still healed him amazingly well. In fact, um, for his revisit with his surgeon, she even said, she goes, I, it's like he never had a problem. She goes, I've never seen anybody recover this miraculously. So there are times when you're gonna pray and you will be in a state of belief where you just know that you know that you know that God is gonna come through for you but it doesn't happen. I have uh, my oldest daughter who lives in uh, St. Louis, was pregnant um, about four years ago. She was six months pregnant. She was uh, 24 weeks. After they delivered, I, I went into the NICU with um, her and her boyfriend and, and just had all the doctors there and I just prayed that this, this kid is gonna be healed. My grandson's gonna be healed at 24 weeks. I know this is gonna happen. Every day I'd go in. My daughter wrote out scriptures and pinned them to his NICU. And after two days, he suffered a brain bleed. After three days, he suffered another brain bleed on the other quadrant of his brain. By day four, it had expanded to all four. And I still kept believing that we were gonna walk in on that fourth day and they would tell me that there was no no problem, the brain bleed didn't even show up and it was, it was done, um, but that didn't happen. After five days, they had to make the hard decision to let him go. So you, you look back at a situation like that and you, you're baffled. You, you try to find meaning in it and it's just, it seems like there's no meaning. Out of that, I saw my daughter who had probably pulled away from God press in. That was a huge deal for her. Um, for myself, I looked at it and I thought, okay, I can look at the situation and, and, and say, God, why did you abandon us? How could this happen? But at the same time, I think he looks to us to really press in and draw near to him. You know, I, the Bible says, you know, he's near the brokenhearted. 
and one day he will wipe away all our tears and there'll be no more death. I just have to know that one day I'll get to meet my grandson. And in the meantime, you know, I don't understand everything and that's okay. And the one thing I'm a big believer in is there's people tied to your obedience. So if you're being called to be obedient to pray in the most impossible situation and you don't see an answer, yet you still keep believing, somebody is watching that. And let's show our appreciation there. I really enjoy it when you guys come in and, and you share your stories because her story, it shows how God answers our prayers and he uses our prayers in different ways. Jack was healed, but she saw her daughter who had pulled away from God. She saw him press into God, to trust God, to lean into him, to become closer to God than before. See, God uses our prayers, even the ones that aren't answered. He uses them to draw us to him. She quoted Psalm 34, the Lord is close to the brokenhearted and one day there will be no more tears. But for today, there still are. And I loved how she ended in that last part. Victoria said, if you're called to be obedient, to pray in the most impossible situations and you don't see an answer and yet you keep on believing, somebody is watching that. All of our prayers, they don't get answered and we don't know why, but God uses all of our prayers. And now it's not just physical healing that we can pray for. There's other kinds of healing that we can pray for as well. Many of the mountains that we wrote down, they dealt specifically with relationships. So many of you asked for relationships to be healed. You asked for marriages to be salvaged from the wreck of divorce. You, you asked for parent and child relationships to be reconciled. You asked for healing in the workplace because there's some tough relationships there. And we know that divorces happen. We know that families are estranged, and we know that the workplace can be unbearable, all because of broken relationships. And so we can pray for healing in relationships. I want to share a story. About a month ago, Rick came to River Glen in the middle of the week, and he was looking for somebody to talk to. And uh, Rick has just been starting to come here. I think he's been coming here for about a year. And Rick's retired. He had been married for 44 years. And sadly, his wife was diagnosed with cancer. And so he was devoted to her. She was given a couple of years to live. He was her constant companion. He loved her. He cared for her. He did everything possible for her that a devoted spouse would. Rick and his wife, in the two years that she was going through this, they came to terms that for Rick, life would go on, life should go on, and life needed to go down. And so in the time that they had together, they grieved her loss together as a couple. And when she died, it was a blessing because Rick knew that she was finally healed. And it was hard for Rick, right? But for a while, after a while, Rick was ready to move on in life. And Rick met someone special. Now, Rick has an adult daughter. She's 40 years old. She, she, lives, she lives nearby, and uh, Rick moved up from Beloit to Waukesha to be closer to her. And at first, things were great. They mourned the loss of her mother and his wife. They mourned that together, but Rick was ahead of her on the grieving scale, and, and she was further behind. And so when Rick had this new person in her life, it's not like she was outwardly angry towards her, but you could tell that there was something up, that she would not accept Rick's new 
relationship, that she wasn't happy. She felt Rick was moving too fast. She felt that Rick was trying to replace his wife. She felt that Rick was trying to replace her mom. And so there was a rift in the relationship, and, and things were not good at all. Rick came into my office, into my office, and he told me he felt as if he was backed into a corner because he felt as if he was going to have to choose between his daughter and his new relationship. And he knew Tony was going to choose. Rick was going to go on with life. And he was heartbroken that his daughter and her family would no longer be part of his life. And so we prayed. We prayed for God's peace and presence in that relationship. We prayed for his daughter to take advantage of the resources out there that would help her go through the grieving process. And we prayed for reconciliation. We just asked for that relationship to be restored. And I asked Rick, I said, keep me in the loop. Let me know how things are going. Well, a couple weeks ago, Rick stopped back into my office, and he wanted to give me an update. His daughter had reached out. She had sent him this wonderful email, and she told Rick what was on, his, on her heart, how much she desired to have her dad back, how she wanted to have the same relationship that they once had. But the best part about this is, she sent that email in the very moment that Rick and I were praying. Rick left my office, and he went out to the car, and when he got to the car, he opened up his email, and there was the email from his daughter, and she wanted to restore the relationship. And Rick was actually here this morning, and so the story goes one more step. Rick asked Bonnie to marry him yesterday, right? How cool is that? And the best part, yeah. The best part is his daughter cannot be happier than ever than, than imaginable, and she's absolutely thrilled that Rick is going to move on with this part of life. And, and so not all relationships are healed. The divorce rate shows that. But God does still heal today. And healings can happen. They can be in the form of the miraculous healing. You know, our friend in the IC unit, Victoria's son, Rick's relationship with his daughter. But other times... We're given the grace to endure. Sometimes we do not experience physical or relational healing. The Apostle Paul writes in 2 Corinthians, and he's talking uh, about a thorn in his flesh. He's got this thorn in his side. And what Paul is describing is he's got this illness. He's got something that won't go away. And some of the scholars think maybe it was his vision and he couldn't see very well. But Paul says, three times I pleaded with the Lord to take it away from me. But he said, this is God speaking to Paul, my grace is sufficient for you. Now, probably none of us speak Greek, so the exact word that Paul used, it doesn't matter if I can say it out loud or not, but what matters is that word that Paul used, when Paul said three times I pleaded, Paul's not talking about I got up this morning and I pleaded, at lunch I pleaded and asked God, and then at dinner I asked God to heal this. Paul is talking about three seasons, three periods of time in his life. It could have been weeks or months or maybe even years where Paul is just pleading and asking for God to remove this away to take this thorn from his side away. And God said, my grace is sufficient. And Paul was given the grace to endure. And sometimes that's what God gives us. And if your mountain isn't moving, you're in good company because here's a couple of Paul's friends. Listen, Paul's writing about this, and he's writing to Timothy here, and Erastus is one of Paul's traveling companions. He says, Erastus stayed in Corinth, and I left Trophimus sick in Miletus. 
So Paul's traveling with Trophimus, and he leaves him. He abandons him because he's sick. So the sub-lesson is be careful who you travel with. But then Paul's now writing to Timothy, and he says to Timothy, stop drinking only water and use a little wine because of your stomach and your frequent illness. So Paul's telling them to drink a little wine because it would have had this medicinal quality. And Paul is saying, don't ignore, don't ignore the medicine that's available to you because God provides us healing through medicine. But not everyone is healed then or now. And then there's a third kind of healing, and it's the ultimate healing, and it's the healing that my father received. It's that promise of a new glorified body. It's the promise of an eternity where there's no more pain, there's no more sorrow, there's more, no more suffering, and there's no more tears. Last week, Ben talked about how our prayers can be hindered. In the New Testament, there's reasons given why Jesus doesn't heal or perform miracles all the time. And the first one is Jesus never performed a miracle to prove himself. In the Gospel of Mark, the Pharisees come up to Jesus, and they're asking him questions, and they want to trick him and trap him. And they say, give us a sign. Show us if you're the Son of God, perform a miracle. And Jesus says, I will, you perverse generation, you're not going to get any sign at all. Jesus never performed a miracle or a healing to prove who he was. And Jesus also never performed a miracle that interfered with God's plan. In the Garden of Gethsemane, the night before Jesus is going to be crucified, if you remember, the Roman soldiers come, and Peter's all aggressive, and here's this fisherman pretending he's a soldier, and he pulls out a sword, and I'm positive he tried to cut the guy's head off, but instead he cuts off his ear. And Jesus takes Malchus, he takes his ear, and he heals Malchus. And then just a couple verses later, Jesus says to Peter, Peter, don't you realize that I could call down legions of angels right now? I could call down thousands of angels, and I could end all of this right now. But Jesus never healed or never performed a miracle that interfered with God's plan. And kind of our theme throughout this message, in Matthew, there's just a quick verse, Matthew 13, verse 58. And he did not do many miracles because of their lack of of faith. Jesus didn't do miracles where there was no faith. And our part is to supply that faith, that mustard seed size faith. And Jesus said, listen to what he says in John 14. I tell you the truth, anyone who has faith in me will do what I have been doing. He will do even greater things because I am going to the Father. Jesus says if you have faith, mustard seed faith, if we have that faith in him, we're going to be doing what he did. We're going to do greater things than he did. And Jesus is a healer and he asks us to join him in this. And Jesus is going to do his work through us because he's going to send the Holy Spirit. And now I think sometimes we collectively have some of the same thoughts and, and we think things like, I'm not good enough. I, I'm not holy enough. Jesus isn't going to use me. But here's the good news. It's not about you. Rather, it's about the power of the Holy Spirit working through you and we can do this because Jesus says we can do this. Jesus says we can be healers. And so look for opportunities into your lives. Listen to your friends and your family and your coworkers. Very seldom are they probably going to come up to you and they're very seldom going to say, hey, can you pray for me in this particular situation? But if you listen, they will tell you how to pray for them. 
I was at Alpha here the other night, last Thursday night, and, and I, I said hello to someone, and I said, how you doing? And they gave that superficial, oh, okay, I'm fine, everything's good, and you could tell it wasn't. So I asked just a couple of follow-up questions, and, and then they told me what was going on in their life, and I just said, can I pray for you right now? And that's my point. People will give you that opportunity if you listen to them. Many of you today, if you listen to the conversations that you have, you're going to leave here this afternoon, this morning, and you're going to have an opportunity to pray for people that you encounter. And then for the rest of us, it's going to be throughout the week, we are going to have opportunities just by listening to what people are saying where we can pray for healing for those around us. And I just want to say it one more time. God still heals today, but he doesn't heal all the time. And we're talking about mustard, size, seed, faith, right? That's what we're talking about. And if healing doesn't happen, you never blame the person. You never tell them that they didn't have enough faith. You, you never blame yourself. You don't tell yourself you didn't have enough faith. And, and you never blame God because the reality, not everyone is going to be healed the way we want them to heal. And if we pray for healing, some people will be healed. But if we don't pray for healing, then no one is going to be healed. We can all pray for healing. God has given us this ability, and we're coming to the close of service right now, and here's what we're going to do. In a minute, I'm just going to lead us in a time of prayer, and we're going to pray. We're going to pray for healing, physical healing. We're going to pray for relational healing, and we're going to pray for emotional healing, and here's how it's going to work. In just a second, I'm going to ask you to bow your heads and close your eyes, and just keep your heads down and your clothes, and as I go through these prayers, I'll give you the opportunity, if this specific prayer is is for you, just, just raise your hand. Just raise your hand, and that'll indicate that you want physical, relational, or emotional healing, and I'll pray for this. And after I pray then, the band's going to come up, and they're going to play one final song, and we're going to have members of our prayer team. They're going to be off to the side here. They're going to be off to the side in Pewaukee online. You can just click live prayer, and we have people that will pray for you personally during that final song. They would love to pray for you. And so right now, let's just bow our heads. Let's close our eyes and join me in this time of prayer. God, I pray that your spirit would work in us and do what only you can do. God, I pray that you would transform us, that you would change us, that you would heal us. And Lord, I know right now that, that many of us are struggling with physical issues. There's health issues. And, and some of us, Lord, we need to know you're a healer. And so right now, if you're dealing with physical issues and you need physical healing in your life, just go ahead and, and raise your hands up and, and we'll pray for that healing. Yeah, put those hands up. Yeah, thank you. Go, go ahead and put those hands down. Let's pray. God, Lord, I, I, you tell us that we can come to you. You give us the authority to pray for healing. God, you command us to do it, Lord. And, and so those hands are up, God. I, I, maybe, maybe there's a knee injury or maybe there's a back issue, God. Maybe, maybe there's something intestinal going on or maybe there's undiagnosed tumors, Lord. Whatever the situations are, whatever the circumstances that we, these individuals are facing, Lord, I just pray that you would heal them right now, in this moment, Lord, by the power of your spirit, would you take those ailments away? Lord, would they begin to feel that healing presence in them through you by the power of the Holy Spirit? Jesus, thank you so much for this opportunity to pray for healing. And, and now for others... God, there's relationship. You, you created us in your image, and for a time, we were perfect. And, and there were so many 
facets of your image, and, and we represent billions of those facets. But Lord, we live in a broken world, and sometimes our relationships crumble because of the things that we say, because of the things that we do. Right now, if you need relational healing, if you've got any relational, if it's with a child, with a brother, sister, with your spouse, in the workplace, raise your hand and we'll pray for that emotional healing or that relational healing right now. Yeah, go ahead. Put your hands down. Thank you for raising those. God, you created us in perfection, but that is not where we are today. God, you say that we are better together, Lord, but that's not always the case, Lord. So for the hands that are raised and for all of the relationships, Lord, I just pray that you would begin to lower walls, that you would increase communication, that you would bring us back to the point where we would realize that at some point in this relationship, it wasn't broken, it wasn't in need of repair, and it was working awesome. God, I pray that you'd bring us back to that moment. God, soften hearts. Give us wisdom and understanding. And most importantly, give us the opportunity to listen to what the other people are saying. You tell us that we are to be Jesus to the world, God. So give us the opportunity to lower our pride and just to be humble. And and, and God, heal us in those relationships. And I ask for that in Jesus' name. Amen. And now the last thing we're going to pray for with your heads down, eyes closed, There's a lot of people that struggle with emotional issues. It can be depression. It can be anxiety. You can feel overwhelmed. You can have the sense of constantly being angry. And so if you've got some of those things going on in your life, go ahead and just raise your hands right now. Yeah, thank you for putting those up. Yeah, go ahead. I see them. Put put your hands down. We're going to pray for that right now. Lord Jesus, you tell us to come to you if we're weary And if we're burdened, and you say, bring all of our troubles to you, you tell us we can lay everything at the foot of the cross, and we can give it to you, and you will take it, and we can walk away from it healed. Lord, so right now, we just bring this to you. If we're feeling weary and burdened, you say you will give us rest. And so, Lord, I pray for the people here this morning, if they're dealing with depression or anxiety, God, I ask that just if medication is required, that you, through the miracle of medicine. You make sure that their doctors get them on the right ones and that the healing takes place from that. Lord, I ask that if it's a therapist, that they give wise advice and they help through that healing process. God, you can heal in so many different ways. And so I ask that you just take away those burdens, and you soften our own hearts. You give us better understanding, and Lord, I pray that when we're spiraling out of control and we feel that anxiety building up, we just turn to you and we claim healing in the name of Jesus by the power of the Holy Spirit that is alive and at work in all of us. God, thank you for this this time of healing and, and this opportunity just to come forward with all of our needs and concerns. Thank you so much for sending Jesus. Thank you for having him set the example. And God, thank you for allowing us to be part of the ministry that he commands us to be part of. Lord, we love you, and I pray for all of this in Jesus' name. Amen.